advisor walk into a bar. Oh, yeah? And then what? Well, I just had an interesting discussion, you know, with a new opportunity today. And, you know, the first comment, they're asking about the price and, and you know, the cost involved. And they, their first response was, wow, that's expensive. Oh, that never happens to me. Everyone says I'm very cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> no, no, no. We're talking about a lawyer and a financial advisor, so absolutely not. We get, wow, that's expensive all the time. And, uh, and I think I'm quoting you when I say, yeah, expensive, but compared to what? <laughs> yeah, I always find that an interesting one, especially if, 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 if someone has given us this discussion around, you know, they want to go on a holiday and they want to do this for the kids and they want to do this and all of a sudden they're like, okay, so you, 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 you've no problem about spending, you know, 15 grand on a, on a two week holiday to Queensland, hmm. but then you, you, you're, their, their concern is spending 15 grand on some advice that covers a whole range hmm. of areas and helps them support to where they want to go. So hmm. I always find that, you know, comparison hmm. always a really interesting one where it comes back to value, hmm. how, how I kind of look at it. Hmm. What, what do you value your time at in, hmm. in a lot of respects? Because expense, expensive is a relative term. Hmm. Hmm. You know, it's it's like yeah. buying a car or, or a bottle of. Yeah. Someone wouldn't give a second thought about spending, you know, fifty dollars on a bottle of wine. Yeah. Like, wouldn't give it a second thought. Whereas someone else yeah. is like, oh, I don't spend any more than ten bucks. Yeah. That yeah. anything over that, I see, think it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, and they might have come. You know, you could bring the two people from the same family, and they do that. That's yeah. just their, their. It's relative to their to yeah. their level of extent of what they think is expensive versus not. Yeah, well, some of it's a really deep-seated personal approach to life. I mean, I, I know yep. my uh, I've got a distant relative who um, lived on a farm and, and never had much money, and then eventually the farm got rezoned and they sold the farm for a lot of money, a lot of money. And uh, so he was suddenly a, literally a millionaire, and he was an mm. older fella, and so he went out and bought a second-hand Holden straight away, <laughs> spent 10 grand on it. <laughs> And that was a lot. What? Yeah, and he, and he hates it. He said, oh, you know, it doesn't doesn't do this and it, the air conditioning doesn't work and all this stuff. And we said, well, why don't you just buy a brand new car? You know, you've only got a certain amount of years left of life. Um, I mean, that's true of all of us, but obviously more some more than others. And mm -hmm. uh, and But he's just always been very careful with money and so he remains careful with money. And look, there's a lot to be said for that. But I think the big thing is about about you're looking at well, what's the cost that's one side of a transaction and then on the other side of the transaction is what do you get out of it what's the value and the, yep. the point is that they've got to be connected so you know yep. that you know a, 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 a second-hand holding is is got this much value and hopefully a, you know a brand new bmw has that much value whatever uh, and so it's just a matter of really when you say that's expensive you're really saying well i don't see the value so i think Correct. it's about a, a, a an issue around well how do we look at what the value of the transaction is or the work or the advice or whatever it is and try and understand better um, um, what the value is to the customer, to the, the client. And, and sometimes that's hidden. And certainly with in my area in law, it's often this, the value is a little bit invisible because you might draft a document, draft a contract, say, and then they might, that transaction might go smoothly. And if you didn't have the document in place, maybe the transaction wouldn't go smoothly, but you don't know because you've got it in place and everything goes smooth and you think, well, I've just spent, you know, three or four grand on nothing. So really, you know, it's a real education piece around, well, what's the value of legal advice, financial advice, whatever it is? What's the value of, of whatever it is that you're, you're buying? And how's it priced too? Because I think in, in our industries, there's lots of different ways of pricing and, and that's not really well known. 
um, uh, you know, are you, are you charging by the hour? Are you charging by, you know, a fixed fee for a certain amount of work? Are you charging in some sort of value? You know, does the, the, the client has certain goals and if you achieve those goals, you charge certain amounts or whatever. And, and you can do any of those But how things. are you guys pricing then? Like it, 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 that fixed fee? Because so much yep. stuff now is, is driven on a fixed fee basis. Yeah. People just don't want to see this you know, the meter ticking. This is where we yeah. find it as well. When you when you start to, from an engagement point of view, especially in a, yeah. on a retainer basis, you know, I don't want to have to ring you and then find that the meter starts every time I yes. pick up the phone. Yeah. People go, well, then I won't ring you. And you're like, no, yes. that's when you should be ringing me <laughs> and not leaving yes. it because then you let it go too far. Yeah. And all of a sudden, so that's where I look at the value-based discussion as well on, a, on, a, on an agreed fixed fee. It's like, yeah, but that's, We've made the best estimate over that twelve-month engagement period, or the project yes. specific. Um, but ring. Yeah. So we we give our clients the choice, so they can they can be charged sort of however they like. And actually, we expected that everyone would want fixed fee, and, and they don't. Um, yep. A lot of people say, "Well, I've, my last lawyer charged by the hour, so I want you to charge by the hour." I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I understand. Sometimes they charge by the hour themselves. Yep. Um, and they say, you know, or, or sometimes we say, why don't we have a monthly? We've worked for you for 12 months. We usually charge you this much per month. And so uh, um, why don't we just, rather than, than charge you by the hour, why don't we just fix that as a certain monthly fee? And they say, oh, but what if I don't use you that month? We say, well, we, we still charge you. That's, that's how it works. And they say, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> if I don't ring you, I don't want to pay anything. And you go, oh, that's okay. But then obviously if, if in a particular month, you, you know, you use us twice as much, you got to pay twice as much. And they say, yeah. oh, yeah, I'd rather do that. So I'm actually surprised that it's fixed fees and stuff are, are less popular than I thought they'd be. Um, what about some performance fees? Because you, well, you could turn around and have an agreement and, do, and do, draft something or give some, yeah. you know, advice that yes. may actually t only take you, you know, an hour to put together, but it's because of years of experience or you may have dealt with it in a similar... Oh, Dave, you're singing from my choir sheet, my hymn book. Yes, but this is what I, people misunderstand. I yeah. kind of look at that and go, well, yeah, but that's what you... You know, it's because we see these transactions regularly yeah. that occur or the circumstances that people are in that it's very easy to sometimes go, oh, that's, that's, that's what you need to do. It's an hour's work, but is that worth, you know, 500 bucks or five grand? Yes, yeah, well, grand. it is true that, I mean, in, in some areas, say, in, in certain types of disputes that I deal with all the time and I have for, for many years, that I reckon I can, I can talk to a client on the phone, hear the basics, and, and within 20 minutes have effectively told them what to do and what their prospects are in yep. a way that's, I think, extremely helpful and that, that they then may be able to go away and settle the dispute themselves and they yep. might save themselves, you know, 100 grand or whatever the dispute's about. And so there's a lot of value in that. Um, uh, and so I think that is true um, uh, that we can we can rather than charge. But the problem is in law we're not allowed to charge a percentage of the outcome. If you like, it's actually illegal for a lawyer to charge. So we can't say, okay, well if we win your case and you win a hundred thousand dollars, we'll take ten percent and we'll take ten thousand dollars or whatever the the figure is. Where yep. that's illegal. The most we can ever do is charge an uplift. If we get a successful outcome for someone, you can charge a, up to twenty five percent more than your normal fee. Um, but you can't actually charge a percentage outcome. So you won't get that from a lawyer. In America, you can, and you probably see that on the American shows, you know, where yeah, yeah, some very yeah. wealthy American lawyers um, who do that sort of thing. But in, um, in Australia, that sort of thing's just not allowed. Um, 
what you do have in Australia though is litigation funding. So you can you can uh, a litigation fund or a third party can like lend you. Uh, money so that's the way they case. get around. That's the way they get around. In fact, I used to run a litigation funding company, so I know all about that. So, yeah, right. yeah, but I mean, that's only in litigation. It's not going to help you if you need to draft a contract or it's not going to help you if you're the defendant in the litigation, you're going to get sued. You know, yep. no one's going to lend you the money to run a case where you're, where you're, you're not going to stand to gain yeah. anything. Yeah. 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 So, so look, there's lots of different ways of charging, you know, the value way, the, the, the time way, the fixed way or whatever. And I think value is really great, but you really need a good relationship between client and lawyer. Um, in, in any service provider, I think you need a really good relationship because you really need to understand, well, what is the value from the client's point of view and how do you measure yep. it in an objective way so that there won't be any issues down the track. So do you then find that once you, you may have done some of that transactional work for a client, do, do they then transition and, and, you know, there's a consistency after a year or two? Mm. They're like, well, we're 30 grand a year over the last two years and... You know, we, we, we like the work you're doing. We think more transactions will continue to come through and they'll transfer to an agreed fee or, or people tend to stick one way or the other. Um, that does happen. Uh, so they do trans transition over time. But what our experience is and, and is that people effectively just want to pay a reasonable fee for a reasonable outcome or a reasonable amount of work or reasonable value. And so yeah. if, if we've been doing work for someone for a couple of years and charging them, say, an average of 30 grand a year, they're happy with that and they'll just continue with that. It's only really if there was a challenge, say we had one client who was having a cash flow problem, the business was good, but the cash flow was very tight. And so we mm. you know, fixed a certain amount per month so they knew they wouldn't get themselves into trouble, if you like, um, and yep. it could smooth out their expenses. And then they would be paying, um, they'd be paying less some months and more other months. Sorry, they'd be incurring less or more um, uh, costs some months than other months and it'd be evened out because they'd only pay a fixed amount each month. And they were happy with that um, because of their cash flow issues. So sometimes if for specific businesses it does, it does, um, we do do it that way. But what we find is in the end, clients don't care. I don't know if that's what you find, but they, they go, charge me by the hour, charge me a fixed fee, charge me value, I don't care. Just charge me a reasonable amount. You know, if I'm happy with your work, then I'm happy to pay, pay. your fee. Yeah, I'll pay, exactly. And you know, once they've had a bit of, we've got a bit of um, a relationship, they, you know, we've done work for them before and they know the kind of what to expect, if you like. And we tell them, I mean, we whether it's a fixed fee, a value fee, or a, you know, a, a, an outcome-based fee or whatever, they know in advance what it's going to be. So yes. yeah, if they know in advance what it's going to be, and then it is that, then they're happy, or at least you know that that's you've got a good chance of them being happy, right? If we go yeah. back to the traditional financial yeah. planning model, and in some respects, people weren't aware of what they were being charged because yeah, a lot that's of the, the fees big difference such is such secret stuff. Yeah, because a lot yeah. of it was then embedded within a particular product, like an insurance yeah. policy or an investment yeah. account, that the investment person would then pay the advisor, and so yeah. sometimes the client didn't realise the extent of the fees that, that they were being charged. Now that that has evolved and is still evolving. Yeah. But you know, for us, we don't we don't do it that way. We 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 charge a, a straight fee. We we agree yeah. to what the scope of work is for that year. And yeah. then we agree to what that that's based upon our experience. We think it's worth, you know, twenty five grand for the year. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter because you can have a person that turns up with, you know, a million dollars of, of um cash. Mm. And these are the sorts of examples that we've got. So you can have a scenario, someone receives an inheritance. Yeah. Okay, and let's call it a million dollars. They yep. may have of debt against their home. Now, right. some people would say, oh, look, 
um, this is under the old model, you, you take a percentage of funds under management. So the million dollars, if I invest that money in the equity market, in the share market, I'll make $10,000 out of that million dollars at 1%. Right. Now, the, my view on that is that that's not appropriate. The million dollars should go back against the, the non-deductible debt and repay yep. that yep. and then reset their structure. And it may only be then, they may only like to borrow half a million dollars to invest, yep. but they're not yep. paying any, any debt on their yep. non-deductible. So the debt that yep. they have is fully tax deductible. But yep. it's only half a million dollars. It be that we charge them seven or eight thousand dollars for that advice for the year, as an example. Yep. That's one situation. So there's an agreed fee. Or you may have someone that has a million dollars, and all of a sudden, they, they, they then it becomes two million dollars for whatever reason they've picked up more cash from somewhere else. But if it's one percent, and I've already yep. invested the million dollars, so there's ten thousand dollars at one percent. If I put another million dollars in, so now it's $2 million, does that mean I should be getting paid $20,000 for a yes. fee? Yes, yes. What, why, yeah. why is that when the portfolio structure may not be any different? So, we, so yes, there's an element where it may vary, but I don't see that, that it's equivalent to the 1%. Hmm. But it also, what it does, is it drives people to only put um, you know, a client's investments into an environment that means that they can take a percentage of the yeah. investments as a value to receive a, a revenue stream. So you're not going to say pay off your home loan, which is no. a great idea because there's nothing Correct. in it for the financial advisor. Correct. Yeah. And this yeah. is the real distinction of, around, and that's why, you know, we don't, we, we're not concerned. If people want to do that, that's great. But the advice mm. fee is the advice fee, irrespective of mm. whether, oh, but I've just paid off my home loan. Yeah, no, but that's a really good thing. Mm. Now we restructure about how we can do so, but it's very mm. tax effective debt mm. because it's all mm. tax deductible. But it also well, then comes into their insurance portfolio structure. It also may come back into some work with a lawyer just to facilitate their estate planning. You know, well, maybe they need to save up for that lawyer. They need to save up for that that bad boy. Well, yeah. Well, see, that's where they end up having to take out the second mortgage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, the thing that shocked me was that, that in your, your super fund often, you, you know, you're paying all of these premiums that are coming out of your super fund and there's some complicated thing isn't there about whether it's tax deductible or not if it comes out of the super fund and you're paying them anyway. So why not stop paying them and start paying the advisor to actually give you some advice? People can just be very, you know, apathetic around their super fund. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. look, it comes through. Look, I don't really do much of it. It's like, yeah, no, but that is actually your asset. Yeah. That is, that is something that you've worked for, especially if you're an employee. Yeah. A percentage of your income goes to that super fund. Yes. So you can choose not to engage with it. You don't have to mm. be interested in it, mm. but be aware of where it's going and how it's performing. And if it's mm. doing what, it, what you want it to do, because ultimately mm. you will get access to it. Mm. So this is where it's always interesting when people go, well, you know, wow, that's expensive again, mm. compared to what part of mm. the advice component and paying for that advice that's not attributed to a particular um, product is we're agnostic to the product. I don't care mm. which one you use. Mm. To me, it's it, it much better to put a, um, pay your home loan off and then mm. redraw. Now, let's work through what would you like to do? Oh, well, actually, if I've done that, I can actually, maybe I can finish work a bit sooner or mm. I can cut back my hours of work. Instead of working five days a week, 
I really like to work, but maybe I can cut back to four or three days to do something else that I've got an interest in. But mm. then how, do, how does that work putting all of my other things together? So that's yeah. where we look at it from a financial advice. A lot of it is not always about should I buy a particular stock on the, on the equity market yeah, or a piece yeah. of real estate. It's about what's your lifestyle and how do you utilise the resources you have available to give you the life that you're looking to achieve. Yeah. Well, that, that brings me to the next thing I want to talk about, which is what's the cost of inaction? You know, if, if you don't do these things, so you say you decide, yep. okay, that's expensive. I don't want that shareholder agreement. I don't want that, um, uh, you know, I don't want to take an active interest in my super fund or I don't want um, that uh, financial advice. Uh, where does that leave you? And, and you maybe you've just saved yourself five grand or whatever the, the price of that bit of advice is, but what's the, what's the real cost of that to you in your life and, in, and to your business? And certainly I've got a lot of very successful clients who I don't, I think there's a total mismatch between their business success and their life success. Those two things aren't connected, you know, and that they're, yep. they're because they might be saving a few dollars here and there, but they're not connect, they're not getting the right advice or, or that they're not, you know, they're business partners and they don't have the shareholder agreement. So then when one of them gets sick or, or gets, you know, divorced or whatever, they end up in a dispute with each other, which maybe the $5,000 might have avoided. And, you know, sort Correct. of like having an insurance policy in place, right? You insure your house. Why wouldn't you insure, you know, your, the most important business relationship in your life? Or, you know, why wouldn't you get the advice now? And, and, and in the scheme of things, if you're talking about businesses that are turning over literally millions of dollars, then five grand is looking like a relatively small investment in that kind of, in that protection. I look at that and go, well, it's an investment in, you know, the direction that, that I want to go in or, or mm. for me to become more educated around my personal circumstances, yeah. which then enables me to make some other decisions. Yeah. And so part of it then becomes absolutely there's an opportunity cost. Yeah. Is it, is that money well invested to get me a better return? than if I did it yeah. on my own. And, and, yeah. and, and the research clearly shows that people that are advised generally will do better. Your behavior, you know, you sell when all of a sudden things go bad as opposed to, no, this is actually a good time to be adding to something. Yeah. You know what, just hold. Like it's the value that's gone down. You haven't lost anything. Yeah out you know life yeah you've got 10 years to wait or whatever the horizon is that that you guys will know about you know this yeah. is it's just this real balance for people to get a sense of you know again is it a cost or is it an investment yeah well that, i used to just to, for an interesting story i used to do seminars on shareholder agreements tell people to do shareholder agreements how great they were very important blah 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 and I don't do that anymore. I do seminars on on disputes between business owners <laughs> because <laughs> if, if I do a shareholder agreement, I might charge That's more you know, lucrative. three or four grand, five grand, depending on the, the, the complexity of it, maybe 10 grand, right? Um, but that's the most that you'll charge for a shareholder agreement. But I can tell you for a, a shareholder dispute, if you can get out of a shareholder dispute for 10 grand, you're doing absolutely brilliantly. You know, it's anywhere from sort of, you know, 30, 40 grand to get to a kind of a mediation up to 150 grand if it, if it goes badly. Um, not just that, but the stress and the upset of dealing with a, a shareholder agreement um, yep. is unbelievable. Yep. And the business damage, right? The business that's having two partners fighting about the, the ownership of a business, um, the business is hardly thriving through that period. And so that the yep. you know the, the opportunity cost of not spending the five and then instead spending the hundred and and having you know years of stress or at least you know if you if you issue a court proceeding 
in the superior courts, it's gonna take you at least six months to resolve it, if you're lucky, and it could be 18 months, right? So it could be longer. If it goes to appeal, it could be even longer. So, you know, you're taking a pretty serious risk by not spending that little bit of money. But I actually found it was quite a hard sell, if you like, to clients to, to get the shareholder agreement. But, but it was an easy sell, once they're in dispute, to spend a whole bunch of money. So, you know, and from a financially for our business, if we're dealing with a dispute, we make a lot more money than dealing with a, an agreement. And so, you know, by all means, don't sign the shareholder agreement. Just come to me later, mate. It's like, <laughs> it's like going to the dentist, I suppose. You know, you, don't, you go to the dentist for a bit of a checkup and they clean your teeth and make sure everything's hunky-dory instead, yep. uh, instead of going to the dentist or going to the, the, the is, it a, is it a maxiofacial surgeon? Who are the guys yeah, who yeah, do yeah, the yeah. serious stuff? You know what I mean? Yep. Anyway, yep. Or the dentist pulling your teeth out or whatever it is that's more expensive and much more painful. Um, when you're a little bit of a tune-up occasionally. And I imagine the same for financial advice, like a little bit of a tune-up occasionally. Yeah, yeah, and it's always that discussion around, well, why should I do it now? It's a bit like, well, when's the right time to plant a tree? Well, today. Like, there's no perfect day, but if you haven't done it in the past, you know, start it now. And it's the same with with an insurance policy. You know, get it in earlier than later because, you know, too many times, oh, look, I'll self-insure or, look, I'm really healthy. Yeah, but, yeah. We, you know, no one knows what, what, what potentially can occur. Estate planning is another classic example. I'll just mm. get the one at the from the post office, a will kit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. I'll just, don't worry about it. Like, it'll, my family won't argue over it. Really? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, yeah. What, you, you can not do that. That's no problem. And, yeah. and you and I both would know that you, if, if, even if you don't have a will, you have a will because yeah. one is you direct it. The other one is that the government directs how it's yeah. allocated. Yeah. So yeah. feel free. Like you can yeah. direct it. And, yeah. and it is, and it's making and discussing and asking people to articulate. Again, it comes back to what's your end objective? Mm. Like being clear on where your end objective is, it enables you to put things in place to get to that particular point mm. in time. Mm. And, and then you should be able to work out what, what the cost is and what it's worth. Correct. Mm. Correct. And especially when we're dealing with multiple generations mm. as well now, and there are families and individuals that have made substantial amounts of money, but mm. like you gave an example about the farmer, mm. you know, where does that sort of sit in that process? You know, mm. when you've purchased land and it's grown in mm. value and then all of a sudden it's like, well, I didn't expect that. But what mm. happens with that? People have just made money by owning a piece of real estate that they may mm. have lived in for, for 30 years and now they sell it and now mm. the family's going to argue over it. Yeah, the yeah. Legal what, fees by, without yeah. having an estate plan in place, the legal fees will torch a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, well, I've certainly in my experience, you know, successful family businesses often have less successful families <laughs> yeah. as in that they're they you know when when maybe maybe dad was a real dictator and maybe dad once dad passes away suddenly there's a sort of a power void and yep. and you know people people can end up in a dispute over their family wealth when perhaps if they didn't have the wealth they wouldn't have a dispute which is a really sad state of affairs right a really sad if you you know you're, you're successful you've built your life you've spent your life building this wealth and then it actually is the cause of family um, family uh, uh, conflict. Disputes, I mean, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm no, one People of always say, oh, you've got, you've got all this money, life must be easy. Uh, mm. Well, there's yeah. this crossover point where, yeah. you know, yes, it gives you more choices, but there's also yeah. an added level of complexity. So how do you yeah. kind of manage and, 
and deal yeah. with that, which again comes back to what's your end purpose? What is, yeah. it, what is it that you would like to achieve? And therefore, there's an investment involved to get to that point in time. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I'm one of seven children and my mum always wanted us to go into a family business. She's got Italian heritage, wanted to go into a family business together. There's five boys and two girls. And I, if we did that, it would have been a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and absolutely, um, we, all, we all get on great. But I can tell you, if we were running a business together, it would have just been on like Donkey Kong, right? You can forget it. So, you know, I mean, people, wealth or not, just trying to work together like that would have been it. We've all got our own careers, our own families, and everyone meets at barbecues and family events and gets on great. Yeah. But if you tried to force it like that, absolutely. And I can tell you, then you'd be spending a lot on professional advisors getting, you know, governance programs and shareholder agreements and all this stuff so that we could, yeah. we could not, not, not kill each other. Yeah. But again, and, it comes back to expensive relative mm -hmm. to what? Yes. Like what, what are you yeah. comparing, wow, that's expensive. And again, I think a lot of it comes back to a level of education. People just, yeah. if they've never had a lot of advice, it, it's, it's something new. And, and yeah. you know, I like the ideas where we, we talk with people about it to get an understanding of, you know, the direction they want to go in and how it's priced. Yeah. And, and you, yeah. you talk your way through that and you might be able yeah. to, you know, break it down and do some various segments before it, you know, continues. But, you know, again, I think... Um, Expense is a relative term, yeah. but also the, the downside is, no problem, don't do anything, but 80% of the time we know that there's going to be some issues around something that will, when it goes pear-shaped, mm. you yeah, know, worries, I'll, I'll be there ready to catch the ball yeah. and we'll make <laughs> yeah. lots more out of it. Yeah, 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 giddy up. Yeah, well, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, expensive compared to what I think is a great, a great way of putting it. Okay, so do you want to load, do you finish up on anything in particular? Uh, look, I'd, I'd just say when, when you're assessing, if you, if you get a quote for some work, you're assessing, you know, whether it's a good idea, by all means get other quotes, you know, so you can see what else, uh, what else is out there, whether you're hiring a lawyer or a, you know, a plumber or whatever, make sure you're comparing like for like, yep. and, uh, and then think about, well, what are my alternatives? What, what am I going to do if, if I don't get this work done? You know, maybe I'll won't, you know, this, the, the front hose will keep leaking, you know, does that matter? Um, what's the what's what's my alternative if I do nothing, and and what's the alternative if I hire one of these people, and you know what is, what's the value to me in the long run, and not just now, not today, but in the long run, because often the advice might be a one-off, and then you know that might set you in good stead for the rest of your life. Is it a one-off or is it an ongoing? And if it's ongoing, you know what's the value of that? I think it's just look at the value uh, and compare it with some facts rather than just a kind of a feeling. It's a really extensive sticker shock. You know, people get sticker shock. They see that the how how much the car is or whatever on the sticker and go well that's that's a lot but uh you've got to look at the, the value behind it ask questions and there's mm. no such thing as a silly question and mm. don't be pressured into you know progressing if you don't feel comfortable i do mm. think the obligation sits on you know you or i as the advisors to ensure that the person that's asking or requesting the work to be done is comfortable and aware of what they're actually paying for mm. Mm. That, 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 that's when I look at it because, you know, both of us are in business for the long haul, not, not just to make a short term, you know, buck. It's about, you know, we're trying to do the right thing for, for people long term because then they keep coming back. Yep. Yep. Okay. Good one. Thank you, Alex. As always, an absolute pleasure. Lots of banter mm. and some Thanks, knowledge Dave. shared mixed in with it. See yeah, you at yeah. the next one.
appreciate it. See you at the next one.